Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Amen. Great is our Lord and greatly to be praised. I'm so grateful uh, that in the midst of a world that seems sometimes to be spinning out of control, that we have a God who is in control and we have a God who is faithful. I'm thankful that uh, his faithfulness in the past gives me uh, reason and encouragement to trust him in the very present moments that we are in. Uh, so grateful for all of you this morning, grateful for those of you that are uh, connected online this morning. We welcome all of you, and we're going to uh, dig in pretty fast this morning. We are walking through the book of Philippians, and we are in uh, week number 13. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to focus pretty heavy on verses 6 and 7, but we'll read the entirety of that chapter. And I want to start out today by just asking you a question. We've been walking through this book and we've been reminded at the end of chapter three that we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And as we uh, live in this present broken world as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, man, it can be crazy sometimes. And I want to ask you this morning, how's your heart in the midst of these moments. How is your heart when it comes to worry and anxiety? Uh, we're going to be leaning in there this morning and uh, we read these words from the Apostle Paul and we're going to read words where Paul is going to write to them and he's going to say, be anxious for nothing. And then we hear those words and they can, they can cause us to be anxious when we hear not to be anxious, right? We we think about these words and, and honestly, we think about Paul and he's writing from uh, house arrest and he's writing in a place where you would think uh, that he would need the church at Philippi maybe to write him a letter and say, listen, Paul, don't be anxious. Don't worry. But Paul writes to them and he says, listen, there's a joy uh, that is beyond our circumstances. There is a joy uh, that comes only from Christ. And there is a joy uh, that I'm experiencing in the midst of these moments and the gospels going forth. God is being glorified. He says, I know you're walking in the midst of trials. There are things that will come your way. But he says, don't be anxious about anything. And then he's going to give us some instruction. We're going to get into that. Uh, some of us have experienced anxiety. We've experienced a, a, a time where we've been anxious about something to the point uh, that it has affected us physically. Uh, we, we recognize uh, that that is a reality at times in our life. And, and, and Different folks in this room have experienced different moments. The first time I really uh, was aware of anxiety and its effects uh, was on our honeymoon. My bride and I, we, we did the D, right? We, we did the I do's and we're married and, and all the stress that comes with a wedding. Some of you are getting married this year and you'll, you'll know all about that. Some of you have been married recently and, uh, you know, all that stuff just chimes in. There's a lot of things leading up to that. Well, we were in the honeymoon. We're in the part where it's easy and there's no stress. And all of a sudden, a, a little ways into the honeymoon, uh, my bride started like having these symptoms. She was like short of breath and her heart rate, she said, was flying. And I'm, I'm kind of freaking out. Like it's, a, it's at night and I'm thinking, what's going on? And like, we just been married a few days and here she's uh, at this peak of, of stress. And, and I'm, I'm, I thought she was, I didn't know she was having a heart attack. I didn't know she was not. I'm like, we got to go to the doctor. She's like, let's go to the hospital. So we go. Uh, this was before GPSs. We were in Gatlinburg. It was 26 years ago this December and we're excited to be there, except we have no idea where the hospital is. So I'm uh, driving and pulling up beside 
beside vehicles that won't talk to me because they think I'm crazy and I'm looking a little nervous and she's breathing hard. And, 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 and the more, I don't know about you, but once you get in a mode like that, she was experiencing what we later found out uh, was a panic attack. And once she started experiencing that, the more she tried to catch her breath and deal with that, the worse uh, that it got in those moments, right? And so uh, we got there and, and it was interesting. The people at the ER, they said, hey, we see this all the time. In, in brides. They were like, you know, after the peak of, of all this, this moment and all this kind of thing, we just see that. And they gave her kind of helped her to kind of get, uh, you know, that under control and, and just kind of walk in that direction. A few years back, personally, I was uh, playing with the kids. We were playing uh, this, this water pistol fight. And so I had these super soakers and we're, uh, you know, that's what we do. Like we have these serious moments, but we're also going to play. We're also going to have fun. And so we're playing and I come out of the house and I jump out and I'm, I'm moving quick. And when I jump off, uh, I land on the carport and immediately, I don't know if you see those cartoons where the, the person's feet are above their head. Well, that was the moment I was in, right? I hit, it was very slick. Uh, my feet are above my head and I land on the step. Well, when I do, it's this loud crash and I'm hurting pretty good, knocks the wind out of me. Uh, but the, you know, the, the show must go on. I mean, we're in the middle of a water gun fight. So we finished this thing out. The next day, I'm preaching. It's a, it's a good day, but I am admittedly sore. And so I'm preaching. I'm, I'm kind of feeling it pretty good. And throughout the day, I'm getting stiffer and stiffer by the minute. But I know that there's one thing that brings healing in, in most situations, and that's Thai food for me. So we go uh, to the Thai restaurant. It's manna from heaven for this old guy, right? And so uh, we're in there. We get our Thai food order, and I'm pretty sure that'll cure everything. Uh, Hope and Sherry, Grant, they're hanging out. Grant's not saying too much about it, but Hope and Sherry are, 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 are nervous. And they're a little worried about me because I've had this crash, and I'm getting stiffer and stiffer and like all uh, good wives sometimes they will encourage us to go see the doctor and Sherry's like I really think that you need to go to the ER and I'm trying to like you know reason that I don't need to go to the ER now mind you my wife has had uh, a car accident that broke her back and she had fusion so there's there's some history there and she says when you fail on that porch. She said, when you came out of there, she said, I heard this incredible crack and she said, I'm pretty sure it was your vertebrae. Well, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, maybe, maybe it was kind of, a, kind of a hard fall. Maybe it was something a little more. And Hope's going, Dad, you better get checked or, 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 or you could be paralyzed. Or you could, you know, if you move wrong. Well, I mean, my mind starts getting carried away in that moment. Like I'm starting to think about this stuff and I'm starting to, to, to kind of get a little bit anxious. I don't really know what's, I'm, I'm, it's hot in the Thai restaurant all of a sudden. I'm beginning to sweat. And I'm, I'm, I mean, you're thinking about things that are probably never going to happen, right? But I'm thinking, hey, if I move wrong, this is probably the end. And so I'm, I'm like, I got to get away from them, you know? And because they're, I mean, they're meaning well, but this is, I'm not enjoying this, you know? So I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to like step out for a minute. Just kind of get back. And so I go and, and somebody's in the restroom. So I'm just waiting out there. Next thing I know is I'm waking up, looking to this guy above me and he's going, are you okay? And, <laughs> and I'm looking up and, and there's a table and chairs where I've fallen back into this table and they're like scattered through the Thai restaurant. My, my, the, the little waitress that was helping us out comes over and she's checking in on me. And in that moment, you have to joke or do something, you know, and she's like, are you okay? And I said, well, I would have been if my food had got out on time, but I got tired and, and she knew me good, you know, and so I'm kidding, but, but here's the deal. Like it affects us and, and it can affect us emotionally. It can affect us physically, right? The Lord's given us these things and we react to certain things, react to fears, we react uh, to things and, and they can be things that can be useful in times of authentic uh, 
places where we should be frightened or we should be uh, responding in a certain way. Uh, but those things can get carried away. And, and you know, I, I share all that to just say, you know, I don't come up here saying, hey, uh, I've never struggled with any of these kind of things. I don't come up here saying, hey, um, you know, if you have struggled with some of, of these kind of things that somehow you're less than. But I come and, and I read in the scriptures of our great God who who loves his children and gives us instruction and, and reminds us that, that we can trust in our heavenly father and that we can know that he is in control and that we can not worry about tomorrow, that we can be confident in uh, his presence in the midst of our life and that we can experience peace in the midst of the storm. Now, you know, uh, th this thought of being anxious and this thought that we're going to read about in Philippians 4, it's not so much about what's going on around us, but it is about what's going on in us as a result in our response to the things that are going on uh, around us. And so, you know, the, the thing that you know and I know about having these anxious thoughts or walking through those moments, most of what we worry about, what happens? It never, it never happens, right? Most of the things we worry about never happen. I read one study from Cornell University where they followed folks over this extended time, and they were able to determine that, that for these folks that 85% of the things that they worried about never happen. Now, we might wonder, how is this all connected to our circumstances? How is this connected uh, to uh, our view of God and his greatness? How is this connected to our trust in him? How is this connected to fears and irrational fears that maybe somehow we have, uh, have embraced in our life? How much of this is connected to our bodies and the brokenness of the fall? And, and it's my hope today that as we open the word of God, that we might dig in and that we, every one of us in this room, that we might be challenged to trust God more than we ever have in our life. That our view of his greatness in the midst of this world would be, uh, would be expanded today. That, that we would recognize that maybe our greatest weapon in this war against worry and anxiety is worship and an understanding of the greatness of God. Uh, it, it is my hope that we will trust God more. It is also my hope uh, that we would love with great compassion those who walk through difficult times of anxiety and, and that we would understand that, that there are times we may not fully understand everything that is going on in their lives and the responses in those things, but that with grace, we would love them, that we would come alongside them, that we would be reminded that we are not alone if we are in that struggle. Uh, I, my favorite story of anxiety and, and uh, just this picture of, of a physical response uh, is in the story of Elijah that we would read about in 1 Kings 19. And, and we would find him coming off one of these really high moments and we would find him in, in I believe, verse 4 of chapter 19 uh, under a juniper tree. And the scripture would say that he was wishing uh, that he was dead, that he, he was ready just to go on. He, he didn't want to deal with those, the overwhelming moments that he was in. The Bible it says that he requested for himself that he might die. And here's what I love about it. The Lord didn't come alongside him and say, oh, ye of little faith, you big jerk, you need to suck it up and just get on going. Didn't you see fire fall from heaven just a chapter ago? Like, what are you doing? What's going on? Like, like, you not remember anything about what's been going on? No, he comes alongside him. He gave him a meal. He let him go to sleep twice. And then he comes and, and they talk and they minister to him. And so there's a response uh, to some of the things that we have that can combine physical and spiritual. There's things uh, about our sleep. There's all these pieces uh, that, that can help us engage in this battle. Physical issues, things that we have, sleep, 
uh, chemical imbalances. There's all kinds of physical issues. These physical issues cause spiritual dysfunctions to flourish, and they magnify them. So we, we see in these, and understand, I'm not saying that these, these uh, physical issues create the dysfunctions, but they bring them to the surface. And there's extreme cases uh, before we jump into this passage, there's extreme cases that require uh, difficult and, and different types uh, of counseling, different types of, uh, of, of medicine. There's all kinds of different things uh, in, in extreme cases that are there that allow folks to be in a place that they can apply and, and take these God-given strategies and, and allow them to be more effective. But here's the truth. No matter what our physical ailments, no matter what things we may face, the Word of God has truth that is to be applied to our lives. And when we apply that truth and when we take the scriptures at their word and we recognize the greatness of God, we worship and we walk in obedience to his word, we see incredible blessing. And we read in this chapter, we're gonna see that there's a peace uh, and a peace of God that, that surpasses all understanding that can guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so we wanna walk in obedience and we wanna seek the presence and power of a mighty God. And, and there are people in this room that I know and, and, and that I've walked with that I've encouraged and I've heard how the spirit of God has taken away fear and has walked in the midst of those places. And, and that as you have walked in accordance to the scripture, that you've found healing and hope. And so as we walk in this today, we want uh, just to lean in and trust in our great God. If you'll stand to your feet with me, we're going to read verse one through seven of chapter four. We're going to break those uh, a few verses down and we're going to uh, just trust God in the midst of our storm. If you'll uh, direct your attention, Philippians chapter four, beginning in verse one, therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and my crown, in this way, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I urge you, Odia and Sintiki, to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near and be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Father, we are grateful for your word. And God, we pray, Lord, that there could be people that walked in with a weight of worry, God, that have walked in uh, burdened down with the things of this world, Lord, that, that today, Lord, they could find uh, help and healing, God, that, that today we could be reminded of your greatness, Lord, and that there is a peace, not a peace that comes from us, but that the peace of God, Lord, can guard our hearts and our minds in Christ, Lord. So we pray, God, that, that the people under the sound of my voice, if there's anyone here that's not in Christ, that's never turned from their sin and trusted in you. God, that today would be the day of salvation. And for followers of Jesus Christ, God, I pray that your greatness could be God, uh, at, at the forefront of our lives and that we would worship our way out of the midst of some of the worry and the stresses of this life and that, Lord, you in the power of your spirit would bring healing, would bring hope. Lord, I pray that uh, there would be no uh, stigma for those who are walking through uh, difficult seasons of anxiety. God, we thank you for counselors. We thank you uh, for people, God, that can come alongside and help in those critical moments. Lord, and we pray, God, that you would bless them, that you would equip them, God, that you would give them 
uh, truth from the word of God, Lord, that we might be uh, a light in the midst of this world, Lord, and that we might declare your greatness in the midst of the storms of life. God, we love you. We thank you. We ask for your blessing in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Uh, you may be seated. Uh, I want to jump in quick and uh, just recognize last week we talked about this call to resolve conflict. And so when we think about uh, the peace that we have with God, uh, the peace that we have with God from a relationship with God, then uh, that vertical relationship then leads to us in engaging and restoring these horizontal relationships in our life. And as long as we have relational strife and difficulty and we are harboring unforgiveness and we are walking in those kind of things, we understand uh, that, that those things are going to hinder our prayers. They're going to hinder relationships and there's going to be a lack of peace. And so we see Paul as he wrote to Yodia and Stinky, that's what I like to call her because when there's trouble, it's Stinky. Y'all remember that from last week. And so uh, there's a call for them uh, to agree in the Lord, right? And to submit themselves to the word of God and to recognize that the mission of God is greater than the problems that they are dealing with. And, and so he, he tells them, he gives them this call to turn these problems into peace. It takes great humility, but then he goes on and, and and he says to rejoice in the Lord. So we want to not retain. Uh, we want to rejoice. That's going to be the first point today. We don't want to retain this, this, these harboring of, of bad feelings and all those kind of things. We want to deal with relational conflict. And then we want to rejoice in the Lord. Verse 4 and 5, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Now, this term for gentle spirit, it's a word that would give us this, this picture of this where the normal response would be retaliation. And this normal response response would be bitterness and, and anger and all this. It, it gives this picture of a different response that is coming from a follower of Jesus Christ. It's this attitude of kindness and this gentleness that's known. This rejoicing heart, right? We see it in this Christ-like gentleness to all people in the people of God. And Paul says the Lord's close, right? He is near in presence and he is near in his return. And he says rejoice always. The second thing uh, is that we don't want to carry, we want to cast. Now, we think about this word carry, we think about this word uh, carry. We think about the weight of something that we carry. And so we want to be anxious for nothing. We don't want to carry our anxiety. We don't want to walk in those places. We don't want to try to handle our troubles in our own way. He says, be anxious for nothing. So what is this word anxious? What does it mean? Uh, this word that Paul uses for uh, be anxious, this word for anxious is a word uh, in the Greek that appears 19 times in the New Testament. It's the same wor word that we would see Jesus use when he talks about not worrying. We would see it used in places where Jesus would engage with, uh, with Martha and he would say, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by so many things. It's an interesting word. Uh, the word in the Greek is a word, merimno, and it's this word that is combines two Greek words. The first word uh, is a word that means to tear or to separate. And so this word gives us this picture of tearing or separating. The second part of that word is a word for the mind. And so it gives us this picture of this divided mind. It gives us this picture of a mind that is torn, a mind that's going two different directions. When Jesus would say, don't worry about your life. Do you not know that our heavenly father, that he takes care of the, the flowers and the birds and how much more is he going to take care of you? It is that word, it is the word that, that we would see referred to uh, in, in this thought of being anxious for nothing. Now we hear that, can we really do that? We hear be anxious for nothing when there are so many 
things. You know, I posted a, a, just a post on Facebook and asked for people to share uh, ways that maybe things that, that they were anxious about, things that had caused them anxiety, things that they were walking through. And as I read those things and I prayed for, for, for some of you that responded and for many uh, that responded online, there were so many things, right? And, and, and sometimes we just get a volume of things that just seems overwhelming. Like I'd like to say that the, you know, when I, when I struggled a bit there at the Thai restaurant was the last time I ever had any anxious thoughts. But the reality is that early this year, like because we were making a lot of decisions and a lot of things were coming at us, there was moments where I was having trouble sleeping, moments where I needed to be reminded that, that God is in control. And, and there was these moments where I needed to just, just renew and, and, and begin to focus on what I knew was true about God and what I knew was true uh, about the work that he was doing. And there was moments where I needed to deal with relational things. There was a place where I said, you know, I'm not sure that I led through this in a way that, that would have been best. I'm not sure that everything went in. And so I tried to heal all those things, tried to work in all those things so that there could be a, a, a right relationship with God, a right relationship with other people in a way that we could walk in the midst of difficult times and not be anxious for anything. And, and I recognize people were, were speaking of worrying about their family, their kids, sickness, death, and, and, and so many things that were there. There were so many people that said, you know, there's this fear of just not measuring up. Like, I don't feel like I measure up to, to what my parents might want or what uh, my husband or my wife. And, and so many times there's this temptation. We're going to look at contentment in a few weeks. And there's this temptation as we open our phones that, that somehow, like you only used to fake it on Christmas when you made the Christmas card. Now you've got all every day, like you're posting some kind of picture and everything's got to be beautiful. And when you look at everybody else, they're life's perfect and your life's struggling and there's all this comparison and all this difficult and we're trying to meet the expectations of the world instead of just trying to please our heavenly father who loves us and who is with us and the weight that we try to carry is more than we can hold and so there's this call don't carry it cast it and when I think of casting I think of fishing I love to fish any of you that have taught a child to fish before, uh, the hardest thing when you teach them to cast is they push that little thumb trigger and they try to cast, but they don't let go, right? And, and the hook just comes back and like gets in their nose and they're upset or things that are there, like or it gets in your nose, it's even worse, right? So there's this cast and we don't let go, but this is the truth for us. We don't let go and we've got to learn to release our anxiety. We've got to learn to trust in Christ. And it's the hardest thing. Verse 7 of chapter 5 in 1 Peter, we would read 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares on me. Cast all your cares on Christ. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Be anxious for nothing. So what do we do instead? What do we do if we're if we're, we're worrying, what do we do if we're stressed? What do we do if we are not to be anxious? What do we do? Don't procrastinate. Point number two, don't procrastinate. Pray. So in this passage, we're going to see these contrasts. We see him say, don't be anxious about anything. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. So we see these contrasts. So don't procrastinate. Pray. Now, what, 
what we have a tendency to do as, as humans and as people, we have this tendency to want to try to take care of everything on our own. We feel like we're stronger than, than we are. We feel like we can handle things on our own. We have this, uh, this lack of humility many times in, in our need for help and our need for Christ. And so our tendency is to try to do everything we can. And I don't know how many times I've heard somebody say, I say, well, hey, how can I be helpful? And they say, we've tried everything. The only thing left to do is pray. But what we need to understand is that is the very first thing that we would do. And it is this continual thing. It is this present tense reality that Paul is, is writing to, to us and, and that we're being encouraged in that in everything with prayer, that we would pray understanding that God is faithful. And those of you that have walked through some trials, it, it takes some trials sometimes for us to understand that. It takes some trials, but after you've been through a few, you're recognizing, hey, God is faithful. And as we read his word, we are reminded of his faithfulness and we know he's going to see us through and there are better days coming. If there is sickness, there is healing coming. It may not be in this life, but in the life to come, we know that one day God is is going to make all things new. And so we come and the scripture would tell us this and we bring our requests to the Lord. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. This supplication is this urgent request. It is this petition, this urgent, earnest prayer that just says, God, I need you. And prayer takes us into the present moment. Right? Prayer takes us out of all these what ifs and all these things that are going on in our mind. And it brings us into the present. When, when counselors work with folks that are experiencing anxiety, many times when they're experiencing a moment where things are, 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 are spiraling a bit, one of the things that a counselor many times will do is try to bring them into the present moment. Hey, name five things that are around you. Look, look at these things in the room. Name these five things that are around you. Name five, four things that you can smell, that you can see, that you can, that you can be in this reality of. Then it would be great. Name, name three things you're thankful for. We're going to see the power of gratitude here in just a few minutes, uh, talk about the attributes of God, ask God for his help, pray, but, but they try to bring uh, folks into the present. Uh, one person from the director of the uh, University of Wisconsin Stress Management Institute said this, he said, I believe 90% of our stress is brought on by not living in the present moment and worrying about what either has already happened, what is going to happen, or what could happen. It's been said that many of us crucify ourselves between two thieves, regret of the past and fear of the future. And here's the thing. Many of us, we're, we're missing out on living in the moments today. We're, we're missing out on being present with our families and enjoying these things that, that God ha has given us because we're trying to live tomorrow before it's here. And when we come to God in prayer, it redirects us from our circumstances. And sometimes our circumstances can seem very big and they can seem overwhelming, but it redirects our gaze from those things that are around us to the greatness of God. And that's what we need in these anxious moments. That's what we need. We need our eyes to move from, our, from the size of our worry and from the size of our circumstances to the size of our great God. You know, uh, kids will pray and they'll say, God is good and God is good 
is great. And those two things in the midst of our anxiousness, in the midst of our worry, we need to be reminded that we have a God who is great and he is over all things and he is able to do abundantly above what we even ask or think that we have, that, that we as followers of Jesus Christ, that we have the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. And, and we are reminded of the greatness of our God. And not only is he great, but he is good and he is working. Any of us that believe Romans 8.28, that we know that God is working all things together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And that doesn't mean that every circumstance is easy. And that doesn't mean that every situation that we are in is good in that moment. But we can know that we have a God who is working in the midst of those things for good to conform us to the image of his son and for eternal good in the midst of our lives. And so circumstances get big. Some of you are in situations where the circumstances feel so big and you can be overwhelmed, but don't stay there. Don't beat yourself up. Listen, I'm so grateful that, that God's mercies are new every morning and we need them every single morning. We spend our lives looking down. We spend our lives looking at our phones and we're overwhelmed with all the things that we read, all the things that we see. And in the midst of our worry, don't look at our circumstances. Don't look at the waves that are around us, but lift your eyes and look up to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Amen. You know, the psalmist, I love Psalm 121. It's a psalm of ascent. And, and, and as these Jewish pilgrims, as they would be traveling to the feast days, they would face difficulties just like we do. There would be moments that their children would be sick. There would be moments that they had all these things going on in their lives. And as they would travel and as they would go through those weary times, we'd read the psalmist say, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. He said, my help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. And he'd say that our great God, they'd be reminded that when they would travel and, and listen weary pilgrims we are in the midst of a world where we get weary where we get tired and where we get worn down but I want you to know that when we get weak and when we get weary Psalm 121 would tell us that we have a God that never gets weak or weary we have a God when we get sleepy and we lay down at night and we know we can't carry all those things in our life we have a great and a mighty God who never sleeps or slumbers who keep the God who keeps Israel that he is our shade and he is our fortress. He is our protection and he is with us. And so we come reminded of the greatness of our God. And the scripture would say that we come to him with thanksgiving. Now, I love this thought, right? In, in 2004, there was a professor of psychology and I love how science lines up with the scripture. That's what, what you're going to see uh, over time. You're going to see that many things that, that work in uh, counseling and in psychology and all these other things, that they are scriptural principles, that they are things that we see in the word of God. They did a study on gratitude and its effects against anxiety. And they record their findings in this little book uh, that I bought that's called The Little Book of Gratitude. And in their research, it's pretty interesting. They found that gratitude lessens stress. They showed that it reduces the level of cortisol, which is a, uh, th this uh, stress hormone that is released in our brain in these moments. And we saw how it impacted that. But the most profound thing revealed in this study was that not only does gratitude lessen stress, but that gratitude and anxiety cannot exist in the brain at the same time. 
That's awesome. So when we feel anxious, like what do we do? We practice gratitude, right? And, and gratitude and thankfulness, sometimes our circumstances can be difficult. Sometimes the moments that we are in can be difficult. But gratitude for the life of a Jesus follower is rooted in the gospel. This joy that we see in Paul, it doesn't come from getting what we want, right? We're going to see Paul write later in this book that he's learned to be content regardless of his circumstances. Joy is not something that we uh, that we get from from having what we want but joy comes from knowing what we deserve and the bible would tell us that the wages of sin is death but that the gift of god is eternal life in jesus christ our lord see we understand what we deserve and there's a recognition of the grace that has been extended to us and it produces gratitude it produces thanksgiving and in that gospel-centered life we can find a peace that this world does not have we can find a peace that is not afraid of death we can find a peace that is not afraid of those things because we know that our God has conquered the grave. And Paul says from prison, rejoice always. The Lord is near. He is faithful in our lives. Worship. When we look at who our God is and we worship him, it is our greatest weapon in the battle with worry. He says, let your requests be made known to God. He desires that we would let him know the desires of our heart and the things that are are weighing on us, that we would cast our cares upon him. He desires those things. I want to tell you a secret. He already knows. He knows the things that we need before we even ask. Our God knows those things. But he, he tells us, let your requests be made known to God. So don't resist. There's a part of us that somehow in our brokenness, we say, I'm going to buckle up and I'm just going to walk through this and I can handle it on my own. And what I want to encourage you is just don't resist. Rest in Christ. Don't resist. Rest in him. And the peace of God, verse 7, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so I want to encourage you to do something. You received a post-it note when you came in. And uh, on that post-it note, I I want you to complete a sentence. And, And we all kind of walk in with different things on our hearts, with with different circumstances in our lives. But I want you to complete this sentence. God, I trust you with. And I just want you to write on that post-it note in these moments, whatever it is that would fill in that blank. The thing that you're having trouble trusting God with, the thing that's keeping you up at night, the things uh, that that have weighed heavy on your mind. You may have more than, than one of those things, but God, I trust you with. And Jesus desires that we would come to him with those requests. In Matthew 11, we would read, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, we need to leave these worries. We need to release these things to God and release our anxiety to him. And I want to encourage you to do a few things. I want to give you some take-homes uh, that you can practice, some things we can begin to practice today. Uh, so you'll see a list of those on the screen. But one uh, is that we would practice three R's. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. We're going to worship Him. We're going to be reminded of His greatness. We're going to release our burdens, release our anxieties, and we're going to rest in the greatness of our God, knowing that He loves us, knowing that He is a good Father. And so we, we may need to write down these specific worries, these anxieties, these things that we may tr- struggle in trusting God. And, and today, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to give you an opportunity. We're going to worship God. And during that time, I want to give you an opportunity that you might come and that you might kneel at this stage and you might leave whatever that note is. We, 
we, you don't need your name on there, but we would love to be praying over these requests. We'd love to pray over you. This morning, we'd love to see you praying for one another uh, as we close today. Uh, and then maybe at home, you create a God, I trust you, mirror in your house, a board in your house somewhere. It might be you take a little pack of post-it notes. And you just write down, God, I trust you with this. And you just stick it on there. And every day you get up and you're reminded, hey, God, I trust you with this. Maybe on the other side of that board, you just write down scriptures and truths about the greatness of our God. And that you might just be reminded of of the sovereignty and the goodness of our God. And and maybe maybe a journal at home where you would just write down daily three things you're grateful for. That you might get around a dinner table with your family and you might share those things with one another. God, I'm grateful for these things that we might share in all that we have to be grateful for. Number four, worship all week long. Don't wait till you get in here on Sunday morning to worship. Worship is, is, is a part of every moment of our lives. Worship all week long. Be reminded of the greatness of our God and it is your greatest weapon in the battle with worry. Be reminded, church, you are not alone. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. He is with you, and he's not designed you to do life alone. Allow folks into that circle. Walk together and know that God is faithful. I'm going to invite the band to come. I'm going to, I'm going to encourage you uh, in these moments that uh, in, in whatever things that you've been just weighing heavy on, that there might be a moment uh, this morning where you might come and that you might kneel before a holy God and in this posture of kneeling, it's a posture of worship. It's a posture of surrender. It's a posture that we get in when we say, God, I'm small and you are great. And it might be that you would take just this simple post-it note that has expressed what is on your heart this morning and that you might come to this altar and that with your heart and with your lips, you might say, God, I trust you with this and that you might just lay that down this morning. He says, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. This morning, I pray that you would ask him for his peace. You'd say, God, I'm coming in surrender. God, I come with with these things that are on my heart. Lord, I come. Lord, I desire a peace that's way outside of me. The peace of God. That would be beyond what we could even understand, beyond what we think we could experience in the midst of whatever trials going on, but that the peace of God would guard your hearts and your minds. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that you are great and you are greatly to be praised. Lord, and as we come, Lord, we come in worship to you. God, we come recognizing our dependence and our need for your help in our lives, Lord. We recognize that. God, we're to be anxious for nothing. But Lord, in everything, we come to you. And Lord, we pray this morning, God, as we lay down uh, these burdens, Lord, as we release those things to you, God, we know that, God, sometimes that can be difficult. Sometimes it takes great humility. But Lord, we pray that you would change us this morning, God, and that, that we would leave here trusting you with everything. Father, we pray if there's someone here that's never trusted you for salvation Lord we recognize that it is only out of a overflow of peace with God that we can have peace with one another and that we can have peace within 
Lord, we thank you for the cross this morning. And we pray this morning, if someone has never trusted you, God, that today they would look to the cross, Lord, to the work that you've done in our place, Lord, that you took on all of our sin and all of our shame. Lord, the death that we deserve, you died in our place. God, what we deserve, death, the wages of sin, death. But Lord, we thank you for the gift of eternal life in Christ. And Lord, we pray that as they look to the cross, Lord, that they would recognize that what you did on that cross was for them. And Lord, that in surrender, they would trust you for salvation. They would turn from their sin and turn to you. That they would experience life, abundant and eternal. Life only found in Christ. Lord, we love you. We trust you. Help us in Jesus' name to rest in you. Amen.